I'm Charlie Hipwood, CEO of Mass Ventures. And I'm Stacy Swider, an investor at Mass Ventures. And we welcome you to the Fundable Founder, where we'll be exploring relevant topics for technology entrepreneurs to help them succeed in raising capital and in growing their businesses. As a founder who started and ran three companies, I didn't know what I didn't know when I first set out. <laughs> but you eventually figured things out, right? For the most part, through trial and error and mentorship. But now as a VC, I'm frequently advising entrepreneurs on the same topics. So Stacy and I are here to share that earned wisdom with you, along with the experts that we interview on a variety of subjects. We are. The roadmap to a successful startup is at your fingertips. So turn up the volume and grab the keys to success for your fundable founder journey. Hi, welcome back. This is Stacy again with Mass Ventures, and we're here today for a little fundamentals of sales. Um, we know that many startups, it's actually the founders who are doing sales in the very beginning of the company, sometimes for a couple of years. And so you may find yourself in a, a transition, having to learn a new skill. So um, I'm invited here with me today, an expert in sales, Brian Saar. He is an account executive at Comcast, a media company. And it's a very, you know, it's a, uh, it's a traditional and crowded field. And so we are gonna learn today from a master. Um, Brian, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, Brian Saar, I have, as Stacy said, I work with Comcast, actually a division of Comcast, which is called Effective. And I am selling TV and digital advertising which over the last few years has become very crowded and very competitive. Yeah. So um, mostly I work with smaller companies, especially um, family owned and operated businesses. But there are some just like fundamentals, some basics about how to, to do it. There's, there's, there's craft work. Um, so one of my first questions for you in terms of sales is just, just preparation. Like how do you prepare for a sales, you know, say, say they've, they've, they found the contact and, and we'll have a different, um, this may be a little out of order, but a separate video learning on prospecting and qualifying prospects. But for now, they have the prospect, they have the lead, they're reaching out, they have the meeting. How do they prepare for that meeting? So uh, one of the things I've been thinking about and preparing for this video was that a lot of the people that, you, that we're talking to are really passionate about what they have. They have built it, they've lived it, they've spent sometimes years or decades and so I know that they are, they just want to get in front of people and just give them this information. But I think that's going too quickly. Like you need some foreplay here. <laughs> yeah, you do. There's so, like, yeah. So what I would say is what you need to do is research. You need to find out as much as you can about the person that you'll be talking to. That is actually probably done before you make this call because it's the way you're going to get in the door. Ah. So for instance, one of the great things about, you know, social media and the way that companies are today is there's a ton of information. Um, when I started doing this, the only thing I could get information on was opening a yellow pages or looking at a newspaper ad. And there was basically obviously no information, but now you can go to LinkedIn. You can go to the company's website on the company's website. They'll have their leaders. There'll be bios there. You can Google them. You can find out a lot of information about them. You don't want to be too stocky, but this is really good information where you could say, hey, I saw your new video on a website. I saw that you're trying to break into this market. I saw a press release. I saw a new product that you're launching. And I think that um, I have some great ideas to share with you. The most important thing in the first call is to understand that they don't want to talk to you. So <laughs> you, have to, 
you have to, unless they're like working in their basement, you know, and they don't haven't talked to anyone in days, but <laughs> you have to give them something to distract them, something like I just said, a point of interest, a point of commonality, a point of something that lets them know that you know something about them and that therefore they should meet with you to learn more. So distract them away from the fact that they don't really know you or want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, well, it depends on their role because if they're getting, most business people get a lot of sales calls. Yeah. So therefore, how do you break through that clutter? And one of the things that we try and do in our job is we hit them up on LinkedIn. I think we call it three by three. Call them, email them, text them if you can, hit them up on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. It's like a, it's like a full on assault to try and get to them. So now you get in there and you want to make sure you have a good demo, some great data, and, and to explain why you're there, right? Right. But before you do that, you want to obviously introduce yourself. You want to thank them for their time. And really, that the very next step is trying to create some sort of rapport with them. Okay. Because Back to the commonality. The commonality, um, you know, ask them how business is going. What's the year been like? How is that new product launch? And if you can somehow make it, you know, a, a little personal, that will help. I remember uh, years ago, um, I think I was about 30 and I was working in a, in a really bougie health club over in Concord, Mass. And I, it was me and uh, there were only two of us selling. And the woman I worked with was, was very good. And when she would go out to give someone a tour of the club, and she, I remember overhearing her because we had a foyer where we used to interview people when they came in and she was always asking them questions. Oh, where are you from? And where did you move from? And, you know, they had a pretty long, lengthy conversation about background. And I was sitting there listening to this, thinking to myself, what is she doing? Like, I don't understand. Like, what, what, what's up with all this, these questions? <laughs> and I don't even know if I realized it at the time. I realized it shortly after that she was just creating rapport. And this is someone, you know, this, these are moms who have kids. They're looking at this club. There was a tennis club and a swim club. And she was brilliant. She was brilliant at, at befriending them. And then that would much more likely lead to them liking her and, and then becoming a member of the club because it was expensive. Yeah. And of course, there's all that, that classic trick of looking around the room or the office space. And if you see a picture of a golden retriever, you're like, I have a golden retriever, if you have one, um, or exactly. a, a diploma from Ohio State. Oh, my cousin's at Ohio State. So there's those classics of just keep your eyes and ears open for opportunities to connect, you know, like, oh, my gosh, we both wore purple shirts today. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. It's, it's surprising. Um, also, what can happen there is also interesting because you can also get shut down really quickly. Mm. And sometimes it's not their intention, but they may just be really introverted. They may yeah. just be uh, a quiet person or you, they may have a really limited amount of time and they may just not be socially extroverted. So you want to make notes about that because when I go into a sales meeting, I typically, I call it, I put up my high beams on. So I have like wicked smiley, wicked charm, like big personality. And some people are like, oh, like get away from me. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> so you want to be able to kind of modulate yourself to what their level of energy will be, because that's going to help. You don't want to overwhelm them. You don't want to underwhelm them. You kind of want to read the room and figure out where they're at so that you can not only connect in a better way, but also create the rapport that we're talking about and sort of speak their language. Right. Right. And be, be charming in the way that, um, 
that they need. And one of the things we were talking about earlier, Brian, was about listening. Yeah. So I would especially recommend that once you've done your research, because you're actually going into a meeting and this person's giving you a lot of their valuable time, that you have a list of really good questions about whatever whatever relates to what you're doing. For me, it's about marketing and advertising. So I will ask them all questions about their business to learn all different kinds of aspects, where their customers come from, what their current marketing is, what's the typical sale like, what's the typical sales cycle, um, what's, what's keeping them up at night, what are their pain points. But you really, the word that I would use, it's a very basic kind of word, but it's, it's hugely important in sales. And that is you have to be really curious. Yeah. You have to be really curious to ask the question and then take notes because that signals to them that you're serious and that you are paying attention. And um, this is all information that you're gathering that, will, that you, you will use back to reflect to them about what their challenges in business are. So hopefully you have a solution for that. Right. So you want to and, discover their, their pain points and see if yeah, there's a exactly. for your solution. Exactly. And oftentimes, even if it goes off on a tangent or something else is happening, it's really about curiosity. It's, I, can't, I can't emphasize that enough. If you're, if you're not a really curious person, then you need to hone that up as a skill. And, and a way to do that would just be writing down a bunch of questions. And if they go off on tangents, it's usually valuable information. You may end up with things that you, you, that you wouldn't have expected that could still lead to an idea or an opportunity for you. That's such an important point about curiosity because I think people can really tell if you're mailing it in or if you're actually like deeply curious, like, what do you do here? Tell me about what's going on. And, and, um, and then it's like, so then, but then you got to come in with nice, accurate data about your own offering, right? Well, yeah, I think uh, Stacey and I were talking about this earlier. So when I'm doing uh, what we might call a discovery um, meeting, I will ask as many questions as I can. And hopefully it becomes very conversational. You're going back and forth. You're learning a lot. And, you know, people like being the center of attention usually, unless, you know, they like talking about themselves and their business and their interests. And then at some point, sort of when you feel like you have a real good idea, basic understanding of their business, maybe even more, I, I do think that you want to kind of segue into um, repeating back to them what you've learned and then giving them an idea about what you do that will, could possibly benefit them and seeing how they react to that. So for me, it's about uh, we geo-target around a, a business. So if it's an auto dealer, we're doing a 10-mile radius around the business. If it's a Mercedes dealer, I can put them on the Golf Channel and I can target previous Mercedes owners and I can put them in a Bruins or Celtics game. So it's really about explaining some of that to them, how that can increase their sales and help them. Yeah, and it sounds like you're really like sharing your expertise in a very organic way. Well, this has been terrific learnings for us. I think to summarize, there's been three key takeaways in this lesson. One is that you have to um, really focus on building that commonality with your potential customer. The second one is you spend a lot of time listening and trying to discover their pain points, even if it means you're wading in some through some rabbit holes in the discussion. So there's tidbits in there. And the third is that when you get to that point, now you can start sharing, really sharing expertise and how they might solve their problems. Does that summarize it pretty well? Yeah, it does. Um, what I would sort of add to that, and again, it sounds so basic, but a few years ago, I was at a President's Club meeting, which was about um, 80 of us from Comcast who had exceeded our budgets and were selected to go. I think we were, yeah, we were at, in the Bahamas. 
And oh, you're um, award-winning salespeople. <laughs> nice. And what was really interesting was, you know, we were having this dinner and there were probably about six of us there and we started kicking around the idea about, so what really, what do you think is the one quality that you need to possess to be good at sales? We talked about, you know, if you're smart or if you have all the data or if you're um, really charismatic or, you know, depending on whatever your style might be. And the one thing that kind of came up that we all agreed on was likability. Hmm. And that sounds so basic and it sounds so kind of um, counterintuitive. But I think if you think about it and you go into so many different sales, dif- sales situations with so many different types of personalities that it's easy to not be liked in a certain way by a certain person. And I think the things that enable you to be more liked are to the things that we all like about our best friends. We, um, you're curious about them. You ask them questions. Same thing about business. You, um, you know, you, you, hopefully you have a little sense of humor about things. You avoid politics, you avoid religion because those are just traps. And so you establish this rapport and with that comes some trust. And then that is something that you can build on because people will only buy from someone they like. Think about it. No one is going to buy something from you if they don't like you. So that's the bottom line. It all comes out of people in the end. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I don't know. It would be kind of a fun experiment to ask your friends to say, uh, so what parts of me are unlikable? Oh, no, I don't want to go there. (laughs) Give me kind of feedback you get. Just don't ask your partner or your spouse because that's like a loaded (laughs) question. I always ask my kids that. (laughs) So um, although I would recommend, I mean, it's an old, old book. It's a classic, but Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, I love that book. A really good Bible. And I remember reading it a long time ago and just being kind of marveling at how basic and simple it was. But there's so many things in it that you kind of forget, especially in today where, you know, thank you notes and things like that just get completely overlooked. And sort of the etiquette of what's involved in in meeting people face to face, I think we can sometimes forget now. Um, So keep that in mind. And that's a nice little final thought. It, it, these how to win friends, influence people, and I'm sure there's other resources. And hopefully, Brian will have you back to talk about the um, the craft of prospecting and qualifying leads. But that will be enough for today. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fundable Founder. Please go to our website at mass-ventures.com for more information on Mass Ventures and where you can also find other episodes just like this.